Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself, Pete, here. And we are going to the East Coast because uh, Dixon ended up traveling a little bit, so he couldn't record this week. So I decided to get Jim on to record a game and basically talk about it. So Jim's on this week for the podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Hey, thanks for having me. Doing well. Yeah, Jim, you really surprised me because I started, I was like, okay, let's play a game on Vassal and then we'll talk about it and do an episode on it. And when we were going through it, all of a sudden I see you pick Arcanist. I was like, well, I guess you're doing Arcanist for the foe down because why else would you be playing it uh, in this practice game? Well, you you did the Arcanist. I, I went Outcast this time. Um, yeah, out, yeah. As... Yeah, that was a a bit of a curveball because you and I've been talking about me getting you got me hooked on the academics, <laughs> uh, but they're the painting for them is a lot more than I expected. Yeah, it is. <laughs> a lot of details in those models. So, yeah, I kind of fallen back on my old standby of Outcasts for for Texas. Yeah, and I mean, why'd you decide to? What made you kind of think about picking Outcasts for uh, going to Houston? So real talk, it was about a couple months ago, I lent out my hodgepodge emissary to a local at a, a small tourney. Yeah. And then I put it away in my in the wrong bag. Because you, you know how when you have cases, you have like a spot for each piece? Oh, yeah. So I put it in my 10 Thunders bag. I don't even know why I had a 10 Thunders bag with me, because I haven't played them in ages. <laughs> but I did... And so I thought I lost it. And I don't know about um, you, but I think the hodgepodge is one of the more important outcast pieces for taking yeah, to an organized I, I event. Think, I think there's a lot of crews that really like it in certain situations, so I agree. Yeah, so when I couldn't find it, I just kind of wrote off outcasts for competitive events for six months. Yeah. Uh, and then... After Nova, I'm unpacking everything and putting stuff away. And I'm like, oh, let me see what's in here. Oh, there it is. There's a donkey. <laughs> so I said, you know what? I found it. Let's celebrate by playing it. There you go. Yeah, and what we we're going to do for this episode is we played round two of the Houston GT, practicing up for that event. So we'll talk about the kind of setup, what we decided for each kind of point in the setup, what we decided to do. And then we'll go through the game, kind of how the thing progressed, uh, what we felt about each other's crew as the game was going. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we'll get kind of our end of game things, lessons learned, all that fun stuff. But before we get into that, make sure that you guys are checking us out. You can do that on Twitter. We got the YouTube channel, which I've been slacking. I'm putting the recorded bat rep out of Damien, but 
I should be able to get that out this week. So that's the life goal anyways. And then uh, you can also get us on Discord. That's where a lot of the chat and stuff happens for the podcast. That's where you can talk to Dixon and I and other people from other podcasts and other communities across the world. And then finally, if you want to support us directly, you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. We can support us for as little as a dollar. We definitely appreciate the patrons. They get all the episodes early. And then you also get a link each time we do the live recording where you can come on and you can basically ask questions. You can chat. Uh, we do that with usually there's about one to one to five patrons each week that that pop in and say what's up. So uh, definitely a cool benefit for the patrons to uh, reward them for their support. And then finally, if you just want to buy stuff from Weird, we have an affiliation link. You can go to give us your money, please. Thank you dash weird.com slash rage quit wire. And then we get a little bit back from that to, I don't know, just to buy more stuff to fuel our addictions. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a trap for me usually, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's, let's get into this thing, Jim. So this one, so we'll look at the pool because this is just like when you kind of sit across from your opponent. I saw mm-hmm. that you declared Outcast, so that's what you would be playing in the tournament. I'm doing Arcanist. And mm-hmm. the pool for round two is pretty – it's solid. It's it's just standard with cursed objects, so you sit there and kill stuff. And then you have Assassinate, Breakthrough, Sabotage, Hidden Martyrs, and then Public Demo. So mm-hmm. when you looked at this and looked at you're playing Pete with Arcanist, what were some of your thoughts as you were kind of debating on what you're bringing? So the first thing that stands out to me at this pool... Okay, so first off, it's Cursed Objects. So it's Killy. There's no specific tech you really need for the strat. Yeah. It's, it, it's just a brawl. But when you look at the schemes, two of the schemes care about models that are have a certain price point. Yep. Martyrs, you need two models that add up to 13. Public Demo, you need three models that add up to 18 or less. And when you have schemes like that for me, my worry is a lot of the crews that I've been building for Cursed kind of are a little more elite. Yeah. And when you do that and you accidentally don't have the ability to declare two schemes in the pool, yep. it kind of tips your hand to your opponent like, yeah, I'm only playing for Assassinate, Breakthrough, or Sabotage here. So I wanted to avoid that. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is for Arcanists to me, big things they have is they're like the tankiest faction now. Yeah. You've got layered armor, shielded, and concealment with diesel engine. And then Soulstone Cash. And Soulstone Cash <laughs> and Magical Training. Like all their upgrades are defensive in nature. Yeah. And you're kind of the con- the condition faction. Yeah. Uh, every like you've got a master all about burning you've got sandeep who's about everything you've got shielded so i'm looking at that going i cannot engage with that at range i mean i could <laughs> but anyone who's tried to bring mad dog into a concealment fight knows how sad yeah that get is bad quick so those were the kinds of thoughts going through my mind what about you so when you declared outcast uh i was surprised i didn't know you're doing it so i was like okay mm-hmm. I was worried because it is the... I, I feel like outcasts are just really good at killing stuff. Mm-hmm. I was a little worried about seeing Von Schill mm-hmm. uh, because I don't... I So I decided to drop Sandeep. I was thinking uh, maybe Hoffman into this, mm-hmm. but 
Hoffman into I don't know. I just I feel like Outcast. I feel like if you brought Von Schill, Hoffman I think struggles a little bit there, mm-hmm. just because Von Schill has so many answers, right? Yeah. So I I was just like okay I don't think I like the Von Schill matchup with Hoffman but if you drop Von Schill and I drop Sandeep I feel better about that mm-hmm. because I I'm a little more flexible I have some answers just like uh, just like Hoffman does or not Hoffman um, Von Schill mm-hmm. so I I think just innately because I was worried about the Von Schill matchup that that's why I kind of deferred to Sandeep plus. Sandeep can pretty much do most of the things on there except for public demo because, I mean, Sandeep's usually a little too elite to to run public demo. So that was kind of a dead scheme for me. But yeah, that, that's kind of why I defaulted to Sandeep uh, just because I think also if you dropped Levy, I would have been worried about that as well if I brought Hoffman. So that was another reason why I was like, okay, I just think Sandeep's probably better here. Yeah, no, that's fair. I didn't even say what I dropped. Uh, I dropped the Victorias. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just and so I think your your mentality was okay. I don't think I could play the range game, so I need to mm-hmm. kind of get in and scalpel out what I need to. Yeah, and the the main thing is Ronan kind of are the sweet spot for as a six stone minion. You don't hate hiring multiple of them. Yeah. And that makes them great for hidden martyrs. That makes them great for public. Yeah, all I was gonna say that make like I don't like public demo hardly at all. Mm-hmm. But I think Ronan and and specifically with the Vix, because of all the out of move or out of activation movement, I think it makes that very doable. Mm-hmm. And their Daito ignores armor without a trigger. Yes. You, so surprisingly, a lot of ignore armor in your list that we'll talk about here shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did declare those two. So you declared the Vix. So mm-hmm. I declared Sandeep. Now, I, I don't think most people are, at least if you know what Sandeep does, are going to be surprised which version gets dropped because Sandeep 1 just doesn't have a ton of play into this GG. So I think if you see Sandeep, you're, you – 90% you're going to see the second version. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure which version you were going to drop. I I was like, I think the second version's better. So I'm going to, I kind of was like, okay, I think I'm 70% sure Jim's going to drop the second version. Mm-hmm. And if he does, we get to pick bands. And I was like, I have to ban Levy's keyword. It's like, because <laughs> I cannot allow you to slingshot Levy all over the place to cause problems. Yeah, just to and scavengers. Uh, sh- yeah, to shout out uh, Tim from the Midwest area. Not this past Nova, but the Nova before. He introduced me to pairing Twin Blades with Levy One. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who are not familiar, uh, Twin Blades has an attack combat maneuver, which so good. on a six lets you place a model within six of her, and. It has then to be size two or less, though. Size two or less, which did get me. It got me turn one. Uh, <laughs> but we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Um, but the main thing is that you can toss Levy up six, move up with the Vix, and then toss Levy again. And now you've got Levy 12 inches up the board. Well, not only that, we'll go over the list here in a second. But if you have the hodgepodge emissary with Memento, you give mm-hmm. Memento to Levy before you activate the Vix. Mm-hmm. That way you can just chain 
activate into levy, your opponent has no reaction time. Yeah, so from 12 to 18 inches away, you can just uh, go ahead and drop levy on someone with, with very little recourse. Now, that is a very specific build, and it's not what I ran here because you banned it. Yeah, and I will say, though, I think it's better to play Levy and do Second Master Victoria Mm -hmm. because then if you die with Levy, you get to go back to your waifs. 100%. So you could, I mean, technically, you could have hired a waif out of keyword just for that, you know, tech. But um, obviously, if you bring Levy as your master, you get three of the waifs or two of them, whatever it is, for free. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, but I was like, no, I'm not having any of that. <laughs> <laughs> not even gonna, not even gonna entertain that option. Plus, so, survivors are good enough that I didn't want to see those either. Yeah, again, or, uh, not survivors. What are they? Scavengers. scavengers. There we go. Another six stone minion that you don't hate hiring multiples oh, of. Even out of keyword, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you, what? Do you, so explain what you banned. You banned performer with Sandeep, which some people I might sure think did. is weird. But go ahead and explain why you banned them. So if you haven't played against Sandeep Font of Magic before, um, he has a lot of text on his card. (laughs) Uh, But the big, to me, thing that is like really impactful is his bonus action. Yeah. As far as actions go. It needs a four, which is a trivial card. It has a built-in mask and has two mask triggers. So you're (laughs) going to get a trigger. And it's either do the action again or... You get to swap a minion. We'll come to that in a second. But the basic effect is it's you pick two options and you can pick the same option. It specifically says you can pick the same option twice between heal one, shield one, or push one inch. And there's this performer called Cassandra. Uh, She's (laughs) the henchman that comes in the core box. Yeah. And she can copy tactical actions, including bonus actions. Yeah, with upstage. Which does upstage even have a flip or is it just no no just happens just happens so gotta be with an eight if you can flip a four plus four times in a turn you can have a a combined eight points of healing at what range fourteen yeah and the thing is you would think to yourself huh this must be elemental only no it's any model it's any friendly Mm -hmm. and upstage does include that you have to copy actions that don't attach upgrades or list a model by yeah. name language but you know that trigger that replaces a minion an elemental minion yeah, doesn't doesn't, doesn't have a name <laughs> yeah so you can for example hire two four stone gammon and between cassandra and sandeep get two wind gammon and save four stones yeah. now that's not relevant in this matchup it's more the healing yeah but I was not going to have that. <laughs> and, of course, anyone who's played into Arcanists knows how crazy the duet is. Yeah. And I did not want to have to deal with that either. Yeah, the uh, the duet, if you can get last activation each turn with a duet, the duet just becomes a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was that was a good choice. And you've played against me and uh, Sandeep before, so and we've done Cursed before. So I, I, I was like, yeah, Jim knows. He's not going to allow it. Yeah. Um, is Sandy uh, truly, I, I know there's not a lot of talk about him. He really does have a lot of legs in this GG. Yeah. But. Yeah, I was debating with, uh, when I was talking to Dixon about the 
the pools for Houston. I was like, dude, honestly, I could probably run sand deep in all six rounds if I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. He's just I that flexible. So we got that, and now we'll talk about kind of what we ended up bringing for this. So I ended up bringing um, sand deep, obviously font magic. I brought Bonasuva with a Soulstone cache, so that way I could get Soulstones and use them. Because Bonasuva is always a hot target. Uh, mm-hmm. If you haven't played against Sandeep, just know you probably want to kill uh, Bonasuva. And then I brought Kandara. I usually put Cassandra there, but obviously you banned it. So I was like, all right, let's see what Kandara does into Cursed. Uh, then I brought a Shastar Vidya Guard with Magical Training. Uh, which we'll definitely talk about that model because I know some people aren't a fan of him. I just think you're wrong. And then I <laughs> brought uh, I brought the Four Winds Golem with Soulstone Cash because he's a monster. Uh, I brought the Ice Golem because he's such a beast. Uh, that was probably, in retrospect, I think maybe the Fire Golem would have been better. Mm-hmm. But... I lucked out, and we'll talk about that as we get in the game. And then I had eight soul stones left, so I brought a soul stone miner for profit. Mm-hmm. And what did you end up bringing, Jim? So my list was Victoria Twin Blades, uh, Student of Conflict as my totem. I brought Taylor. I brought Hodgepodge Emissary. I brought Vanessa, and I gave Vanessa Soldier for Hire for the yep. hard to kill. And I brought two Ronin, each with Wanted Criminal. I saw this list and I was like, holy upgrade. It's like, my lord. <laughs> so this is something that I think uh, people have understood about Wanted Criminal is that it is really good on fast models. Yeah. And because if you're disguised as a minion, uh, and I know you've talked about this with Zip before, with like mm-hmm. Iron Skeeters yep. with Wanted Criminal. A model that can't be charged and then can just push itself out of engagement yep. in a cursed pool is really good against melee-based crews. And yeah, yeah well, the the Ronin are already such a good model, mm-hmm. but their MO is they're just fragile, right? So now, not only do they have hard to kill, which is on their card, but now they're disguised, so you can't charge them. And then they also have extra movement if they're next to either the edge or next to terrain. And then on top of that, they have free loot. So if I put a marker down to score something, they can just be like, yeah, that's mine. (laughs) Yeah. It gives them a relevant bonus. For me, it's a, it's a combination of the disguised being really important here. Yeah. And the ability to push and get that extra movement. Now with Vanessa, the soldier for hire, I keep going back and forth on it. I feel like in this game, which we maybe talk about later. It hard to kill mattered. Oh, it definitely did. Uh, and the fact that when you do that in this list, the only two models that don't have hard to kill are the student and the Victorias. Yeah, the student. I'm not going to spend extra resources keeping her nah. alive. And Victorias can heal when you kill things, and you have two sources of healing between Vanessa and the Hodgepodge. It's kind of like when you had talk about the Parker Deadman walking list a while ago. An entire crew that's hard to kill with a, a abundance of healing yeah. can really no-sell enemy attacks. Oh, yeah. And that was kind of the approach I was trying to go with here. Yeah, I think there was uh, 
there was a couple of cases that we'll talk about as we get into it where, you know, I, I spiked, but it was like, oh, you, you know, you're just hard to kill now, so that doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it definitely came up. I will say Sandeep has some good answers for hard to kill, uh, mm-hmm. especially the wind golem with that collision trigger. <laughs> that, that came up once or twice. <laughs> it did. Oh, my. It's like, F your hard to kill, slam. <laughs> oh, man. So so those are the lists. So what was your reaction when you saw – I mean, I don't think you were too surprised by what I brought. I was surprised by the ice golem. Okay. I will say that. Because uh, of all your armor piercing? Right. It, I, I agree with you that fire probably would have fit better here, only because the the fire golem's damage reduction isn't armor. Yeah. And so I don't have a way to ignore that. It's also stat 5, whereas ice golem's stat 4. Yeah. The ice golem can and will hit like a Mack truck. Oh, it does. <laughs> so I don't think it's a bad choice. Especially so not into cursed. I, I did risk it because I wasn't because it's cursed objects, so I was like, mm-hmm. okay. How many Ronin is Jim really gonna bring? Like, is he really gonna bring more than one? Because there's they are squishy. Like they are mm-hmm. they are not hard to kill. I mean, but they are, but they're not. Right, but yeah, for <laughs> they are still at the end of the day a six stone model with six stone model wound yeah. count. So I was like, I know there's some there, but how much is Jim going to lean into it? And yeah, and I did forget also that the Student of Conflict has it. Um, so that was another kind of like surprise, like, oh, gosh, she has it too. But um, yeah, I was just, I was kind of like, I want a heavy hitter. And mm-hmm. I think the Fire Golem would have been better because of that. But I can't predict how much of that you're going to lean into with my list. Right. And you know, we can talk more at the end about like what we would do differently, but yeah. that's a good example of after we've both built our lists and compared lists going like, okay, how do we adapt and adjust? Yeah. And I will say I, the thing that stuck out to me specifically was Taylor. When I saw that you brought Taylor with the relic hammer, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, she's going to ignore shielded, which I have a lot of shielding in this list. Mm-hmm. And then she also has puncture, but she also has that from the heavens where you can't use soul stones. Mm-hmm. And I have two models with soul stone cash and I have two hench or well, a henchman and a master. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I have to be very careful with where Taylor goes in. Yeah. That was with her and the Vix. That's a lot of threat that has either raw damage, stat advantage or other combination because one thing that Sandeep does have against him, as tough as your golem are, a lot of your academics are defense five yeah. and soul stone and shielded is their primary defense. Yeah, exactly. So I was in my head, because I've played the twin blades before, I actually like mm-hmm. it a ton. So in my head, I'm like, okay, if they're... I got to even turn one. I have to be careful because I was like, there's a world where you could give Taylor fast with your student. Mm-hmm. You could give memento to Taylor with the hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. And then you could do the combat stick to move Taylor 12 inches. And then Taylor's getting three swings on something and probably murdering it if you have the right hand. Mm-hmm. So I was very like, I was on the lookout for that turn one. I was like, okay, that's the thing. I think that's the worst case scenario. Um, that sounds like a really smart idea, Pete. Wish we had this conversation before the game. <laughs> I, so, I, but I had a plan for that. Like, if you mm-hmm. did that, if you executed your opening that way, 
I was pretty much going to put one or two, one or both golems in Taylor's face mm-hmm. because I don't feel as bad dealing with her with those two pieces mm-hmm. because one has armor two, she can't ignore the armor, and then the other one has butterfly jump. So I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did something else. So we'll kind of get into turn one then. I mean, well, actually, before we get into turn one, what our schemes are. Mm-hmm. So looking at all of that. <laughs> I decided to, and I think this is one, I think for round two, I think most people are going to go with assassinate and breakthrough. I think in standard Mm -hmm. deployment, those are just very good schemes to take. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was debating on uh, sabotage. I actually, if you look at my list, I couldn't pick hidden martyrs. Right. So that, I don't know if you noticed that, but that was right out for my crew. Uh, I don't think you could do public demo either. I could not. So basically you, you could, if you were paying attention to my list, you could immediately just be like, okay, he's literally can't take those two. Yeah. And that was kind of what I saw. And I figured, okay, he's going to go after Vix. He's going to go after dropping markers somewhere. Yeah. Now the question is where are those markers going to go? Because four wins golem can do the markers for you. Yep. But the four wins golem does a lot of heavy lifting in your crew. Yep. So I didn't know if you wanted to, go with that and the soul stone miner kind of tipped your hand that you were going for breakthrough yeah yeah definitely that made it easier um just because it can drop in the back and just kind of you know do mm-hmm. its thing uh what were you thinking for your schemes though uh i did the exact same ones <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were um, gonna do hidden martyrs for sure so i thought about martyrs and the thing is is that every time i've taken hidden martyrs with the vix mm-hmm. it's usually either been Taylor and the student because one of them stays away from the, sure. the fight and one's in the fight. Your the existence of the four winds golem means I don't have a place I can have a model stay safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did not feel comfortable declaring hidden martyrs into you when I didn't feel comfortable taking out four winds, and I yeah. don't think in this list I have the ability to take out four winds and accomplish my other goals. Fair assassinate felt really important because Sandeep does so much for your crew yeah. from his front of card. He has to go down. Yeah. And he's, he's not. And the funny thing is when people look at him, because I've talked to quite a few people about Sandeep now. Mm-hmm. And when you look at his card, I mean, he's only defense five. Sure. He has arcane shield, but people look at him and they assume he's going to die sometime throughout the game. Mm-hmm. The problem is his crew supports him really well, so it's actually tough to pin him down. It is, um, which we discovered this yeah. game. Um, and that said, that's why I still went with Assassinate. Sure. And Yeah, because your crew is very mobile as well. Yeah, and I did break through because with as elite a crew you have, and while the existence of the Four Winds does threaten breakthrough, when we deployed, we both kind of clumped very solidly on the top half of the board. Yeah. We were going left to right on the map, so it was the top half. And I had put a Ronin on either flank. Yeah. And so there was this whole bottom half of the board that one Ronin by herself just had free reign. Yeah. So I thought, well, this seems like a good enough zone to do breakthrough. Yeah. And it is kind of... And I, I mean, it, it was pretty telegraphed, but the thing that... As your opponent, I had to think about as we were setting up. It's like, okay, that model's going to score breakthrough. 
it's like, can I afford to send something down there to get her? Mm-hmm. And as the game progressed, the answer just became no, because, I mean, you didn't do the opening that I described. We'll talk about kind of like how turn one goes here in a second. Mm-hmm. But it's like you put enough pressure turn one where I didn't feel like I, I'm like, that's just two points that I have to kind of tip my hat to mm-hmm. um, and just kind of try to try to win the day with you being eight soul stones down, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, as turn one kind of starts to progress, I'm doing some normal sand deep unpacking. So I'm doing my concentrating. I'm looking at cards. I'm placing models four inches. And I'm looking whenever you play as the sand deep um, on a magic player, turn one, you really want to kind of start eyeballing where you want to attack with uh, aetheric control and dropping all these uh, shock waves. So mm-hmm. I, that's kind of what I'm progressing. And as the turn develops, I see there's a point where you decide to go with Taylor early. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was the tip of the cap to be like, okay, I can put Sandeep in threat range now because I don't have to worry about that slingshot. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of where it started to go for turn one for me. Uh, Did you notice anything as you were kind of unpacking your crew a little bit? Well, my intent with the crew was to use battle tempo to try and minimize what you could shockwave. Yeah, spread out. And the problem with Twin Blades, for me, is you can do a lot of neat stuff setting up to get a solid end board yeah. uh, for the turn one. But if you want to get... You only have seven models in this list. And if you want your last two activations to be Taylor and the Vix, that means that you need to go with um, your two Ronin, and then... After that, it's student who needs scheme markers down, which means you probably have to go with hodgepodge. If you want to get Vanessa on the center line, you have to wait for Vanessa to go, or for the student to go. So it was all based around when could I get Covetous Cravings off. And what I felt was as much as I could set up Covetous Cravings with some Ronin and the hodgepodge, I know what the damage potential from Sandeep Shockwaves can be. Yep. And I did not want to give up the Hodgepodge Emissaries healing turn one to go early with it. Yeah. Um, air quotes on the early. Yeah. To do the drop a marker and put an upgrade on something. Sure. And I think that ultimately was kind of the hiccup. At the same time, when you pushed Sandeep into threat range... On my next activation, I was able to get the Vix into position with a with a walk and a charge. Yeah, which and that was I, I kind of I looked at that and I was like I was within eight inches of throwing out staggered to some people. Mm-hmm. So I mean I was I put my nose out there pretty good, but I was like I I I just felt okay taking two attacks from the Vix, and if you dove that far, I was like okay, well, now you're by my crew, so now I can really start abusing her. Mm-hmm. So I felt okay doing that, but, yeah, then things happened. Cards got flipped. <laughs> yeah, cards got flipped. There was a Joker involved, and I think you ended the Vix activation with Sandeep at four wounds left. Yeah, you ended up getting crit strike on the hit, and then you ended up damaging with a red Joker. So I Sandeep ended up tanking, I mean, what is that? Eight damage off that Joker flip. So yeah. I think I stoned to reduce two and then the shield. So I took five damage off that. Mm-hmm. 
So it, yeah, I was like, this is that uh, if I'm if I'm not careful, Vanessa could try to kill Sandeep right now. Yeah, and the <laughs> fact that I put up the hazardous aura in your face yeah. meant that now you had to do things to move him around and it would still threaten to do damage to him. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's not how, you know, anyone who's listening to this and is like, oh, I want to try Twin Blades, don't expect to get the Red Joker on damage. But it was good. Uh, but it was a it was a very, it definitely seemed to have changed what you were planning to do. Well, yeah, so turn one, I have pretty well scripted in a lot of different situations. But with the hazardous terrain, I'm like, okay, how do I... And I, it's funny, I, I actually thought of a good answer after the game. but mm. So I, I forgot that the golem has wind blast, which is not a gun. So um. I was like, I should have just wind blasted the Vix away. Um, but, you know, that's retrospect. That's it. And mm-hmm. that's why I love playing Malifaux, because now I have another, you know, little trick in my hat for when things like that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a little feather in the cap, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, I decided to, the best situation was to, <laughs> I've got your back, Kendara, to get Sandeep away from the Vix. And then yeah. I forgot that you also have, I got your back. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was funny. I do feel like I've got your back played a big role in this game. Oh, for sure. Like it was, I, it, it came up a lot, but yeah, you, so you run Kandara up, you pull Sandeep out and, there's this the map we were playing on had this like water feature that was blocking terrain and you plop him there and i have a fast vanessa at this point so she just kind of runs up and then grabs the vix and drops them back where they're engaging yeah (laughs) because i was engaged by the ice golem at the same time Uh, and the reason it's important to engage sandeep is your aetheric controls a gun correct uh, so Aetheric Control itself is, let me go to it real quick. I know his other one is a gun, but... It's not a gun. Yeah, I can do yeah, Aetheric Control. I just didn't want to be there. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take a damage every time Plus, you do. something else I don't know if you recognize, Jim, is I wanted to threaten two of your groups at once. I didn't want to just punish uh, her and mm-hmm. Vanessa. I wanted to start putting pressure on your Ronin, Taylor, and your mm-hmm. Totem, and the HodgePodge as well. So I was like, okay, I want to get Sandy Blues so I can shoot there and there. And since you're a big fat like size three with the Vinette, with the uh, Vix, yep. I was like, okay, this is like blocking line of sight to everything else. I need to get out of here. Yeah, 50 mil size three, you cannot see uh, over her to drop those markers. There's too many blades whirling. I could not see. So many blades. <laughs> so anyways, I end up doing Sandeep's bonus to, I took a damage out of it. I think I actually stoned it so I didn't take the... Mm-hmm. go down to three hit points. <laughs> um, so I I basically moved myself out and then healed three. Mm-hmm. And I think I actually walked and then um, and then shot twice. I ended up putting fire. I actually think I just put fire beneath. I think I put one beneath um, Vanessa and the Vix, and I think I put one next to the rest of your crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, put some burn out. And uh, it wasn't the grossest, but it still... I feel like it put enough pressure on your stuff because it started getting that burning out. Yeah, that burning really ticks up the damage passively in a way that is not <laughs> apparent when you just look at the cards. Well, and there's a little spoiler here that the Vix ended up having burning 10 by the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was disgusting. No, yeah. um, I think I got Vanessa up to like burning 13 before you killed her. Yeah. But... um. 
we'll, we'll get to that part. Yeah, um, definitely. So the, it, it definitely, by the end of turn one, the Vix had good pressure on a lot of my crew. And I actually decided to do something at the uh, at the end of the turn. I actually took my ice golem and charged uh, charged Taylor, mm-hmm. and I think I ended up doing like six or seven damage to her. You, you did a sizable chunk of damage to her. It's like um, wham, ice golem. And I think you also hit the chill trigger. Uh, the chill trigger. Yeah, I ended because you had fast, so I ended I up had fast you slow. on her. And you gave me so, so all that work I did to try and get her <laughs> fast for the next turn ended up being a waste of time. So that yeah. was really good and a good use of the golem. And again, Arcanists are the keyword of conditions. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the ice golem, I, you know, because people play Rasputina and the ice golem, mm-hmm. I think, is fine there. Mm-hmm. But with Sand Deep, the fact that you can place the ice golem two or three times four inches. Just makes it way more mobile than people expect. Yeah, it's a... So Raspy 1, now, after her errata, has the December's Passage, which lets you push it and drop it next to Ice Pillars and stuff. I think that... So that requires a TN, is your master's bonus, and needs an Ice Pillar in place. With Sandeep, you need a Bonasuva on the table, which you get for free. And a wind gammon of or golem, which you will probably bring. And, and then, then you just, you just gotta concentrate. <laughs> yeah, you just concentrate. And it's the delivery mechanism is so much better in Sandy, but it's it's criminal. Yeah. And you did a good job though, because I did put nice pillar down next to Taylor, but mm-hmm. you you sniffed that out and you destroyed it like a monster. Yeah, Pete, why, why is that important? Why do you not want an ice golem to have an ice pillar? Well, there's a couple reasons. So the first thing is the ice golem can actually heal itself a lot if you start removing ice pillars. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can heal two for each ice pillar you remove with his bonus. But the bigger thing is you get a built-in ram when you do his melee if you're within one of an ice pillar. Mm-hmm. So the ram is <laughs> so good. So it's plus one damage. If the, if the target's slow, it's plus two damage. And for those keeping score, that means that if they're not slow, it's a it's a four or five seven damage track, which is a that is a chunky damage track. And if they are slow, may God have mercy on their soul. It's <laughs> min five. That's like Maw Tucket smash. Min five. Yeah. Let, let, let that sink in. So yeah, no, I was not having that. Um, yeah, I, I think you went. Uh, who'd you go with? I think you might have gone with your. Uh, I can't remember who you went with somebody and smashed it. It, made me it was it was one of the Ronin. Yeah. Because I, I used my seven inches of free movement to get to there to the ice pillar, break it, and then charge you. Mm-hmm. And then flurry into you because at stat five I have a stat advantage on the ice golem. Yep. Which is I think one of the downsides to it. Yeah. Uh, and I had to make a tough call here because when we gave out curse tokens at the start of the game. You put curses on mo- my Ronin, my student, and Taylor and Vanessa. Yep. And so I was, and I had a reposition trigger for the Ronin, and I could move the Ronin to block for Taylor, or I could move it out and let Taylor take another hit on the following turn. Yeah. And because I think that all happened top of two. Yeah. 
And I ultimately let you eat the Ronin so that I could heal up Taylor and hopefully get her into doing something in the game. I think ultimately that was a bad trade because I think the the Ronin having a bit more attack just from Flurry may have been better. Like, take more attacks. With the quality yeah. of the cards in my hand, discarding for extra attacks felt like a better use of my time. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right there. I think just because it's such a good counter to the Ice Golem that I think I would have tried to smoke it out um, and then just try to... Like, Taylor is probably okay because of stones. If I spike, it gets kind of scary. But you also mm-hmm. had the hodgepodge there, so that kind of helps out a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, but so as turn two where we're going into scoring points and going into like, okay, I need to start getting my VPs. Uh, I definitely – the golem was a little in the danger zone, but I was able to basically two-smash that Ronin. It's <laughs> just like mm-hmm. pow, pow. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then that was that. Yeah. And I spent a lot of my resources and good cards due to flips. I think, I forget who got first activation, but one of my first things was I sent the the Vix chasing Sandeep. <laughs> yeah, you did. And that was kind of what they did all game, is they chased Sandeep around. And um, I don't think I killed anything this turn. No, you didn't. I think you just, and you only got the Ronin out. But at the very end of the turn, uh, I had the hero of our story, the student of conflict, <laughs> declare a charge at a, I think, four-wound ice golem. Yeah. And I think I hit you for moderate with their hidden blade. And the student of conflict's hidden blade is the same one that, uh, uh, what's his name, Desper LaRoe or uh, the, there's a couple models in the game yeah, that I think have the un- it. I think the undercover reporter has it too. Yeah, and it's... It's a one two four, which is not exciting, but it ignores armor natively. Yeah, and so the funny thing is, so you you end the turn right, and I think I only have two hit points on the golem after turn two, um, but you didn't score. I think you got breakthrough though. I did. So I think it was one one after uh, turn two. Mm-hmm. But you get initiative, and you decide the student's going to try to take out the ice golem. Yeah, so I. I think she charges and she gives you her curse token and she proceeds to attack you. And I think I missed the first attack. No, I think you, I I think you hit it and only did like one damage. The, the long and short of it is I take two swings and I just have to connect both times. And somehow, some way the ice golem lives at like one wound (laughs) and there's a, a very killable model within one inch of it. And I think you go right after that with the golem and just paste the student. Yeah, the ice golem just gives the token back and just smash. <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like that scene off of Frozen where just that giant ice snowman mm-hmm. thing just smashes everybody. Yep, it was. You know, we had a laugh about it because, you know, I tried, but it was, uh, you know, stat advantage and. All that jazz, and you ju- and you also just had a crap hand. Yeah, and not you played well. I feel like we both played what we could do. And it, cards you should never build build uh, or you should plan to play around your hand. But boy, howdy, did some of those hands really make it hard to play around them? 
Yeah, and I think also turn two into turn three, I also started doing a lot of staggered tricks to your models, Mm -hmm. specifically Vanessa and the Vix. Yes. And then that caused you to fail a lot of duels. So, I mean, you were getting things like stun, you were getting more fire, Mm -hmm. like it was getting condition city over there. It it was getting intense. And you were also, you did a, a, I'd forget which turn, but the way the game had developed by mid game, I have tail, I have Vanessa on the center line, like perfectly positioned between two pyres. So she's not on fire and engaged by your soul stone miner. Yeah. So she can't drop stat eight, you know, nuclear bombs from her staff, which is what she wanted to do because that's how I draw cards in VIX is you get built in surge. I couldn't rescue the VIX because she, they're staggered, uh, with her mend trigger. Yep. So Vanessa ultimately is not able to play support as well as she wants to. And at one point, the the four wins golem gets engaged by Taylor and Vanessa. <laughs> and you, I'm pretty sure you saw that I was going to try and pull Taylor into Vanessa with I've got your back. Yeah. Because you immediately run away with the four wins golem. Yeah. And try and... I forget who you go after. But... End result is I have a, a Taylor who's not in position to do much than take, I think, a single swing on your on your four wins golem at one point. Yeah. Yeah, and the four wins golem really was shoring up that top part of the board because... Mm-hmm. He started harassing Vanessa, but then you also brought Taylor in, so he started dunking Taylor as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that got pretty dirty pretty quick. Yeah, I th- the big draw for me, f- or what stands out to me, is that by the end of turn three, I had still not killed anything on your crew that yeah. had a curse token. Yeah, you did get Kendara, but she didn't have a cursed. Right. Which which is one of the reasons why I actually didn't put one on your Vix, Jim. Mm-hmm. Because it would be really easy for them to just engage something, put a curse, and then kill it. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to give you that. That actually makes a lot of sense now that you say it. Because I was kind of wondering why you didn't do that with um, with them when you took Assassinate. Yeah. And at the same time, I understand putting one on Sandeep. You could have done that to me. But I, the way I see it, one less action from Sandeep to give a curse back yeah. is one less shockwave test for me to have to take. Yeah, my, my goal is just, okay, Sandeep just isn't going to die. Let's make this as horrible to kill Sandeep as possible. Yeah. And I think the big breaking point for the game is at the end of, I think, turn three or four, uh, you reveal Assassinate. Yep. I think it was turn three. It was. Um, you reveal assassinate because Vix are below half. And at this point, you've revealed assassinate. You have not revealed your other scheme and you're up two strap points. So you're at three and I'm still at one for my breakthrough. Yep. So going into the fourth turn, um, I realize that I need to start clawing my way back and try and do some kind of, I have to do, I have to make up for lost time here. Yeah. And it is very difficult to play from behind in Cursed, I think, yeah. because of the way attrition works in this game. Yeah, if you if you miss out turn two, I think you can come back from that. 
if you miss two cursed points, I think very often you're losing that game. Yeah. And so at that point, I knew I was kind of playing for diff, right? Yeah. Because yeah. Or, or you're trying to get a draw at best. Right. And knowing that I'm down student, I'm down a Ronin, I don't have to worry about breakthrough because if you go to deny my breakthrough, I think at this point the Ronin has ample actions to just move around and drop the markers. So it's really all about getting a curse token and getting assassinate points. Yeah. So you still have a stone. You have a nine wound Sandeep with shielded two. Yeah, I got him back start up to nine. Turn, <laughs> start of turn four. And so you also have a Banasuva. I end up going after the Banasuva. Yeah. And I'm able to brute force the damage through. I yep. think even through stunned. She yeah. might not have been stunned that turn. No, she was. You get you you didn't even have your triggers, and I was when you went after Bonasuva. I was like, I just gotta hope because I had a decent hand, mm-hmm. but I was like, I just gotta hope your positive doesn't save you. But it did. You flipped like super good on those positive hits, which you mm-hmm. know is good because you had a crap hand. So I'm like, at least the game's giving you something, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you know, the, and killing Bonasuva deck- is a good idea. Mm-hmm. It's not. It like I understand you had assassinate, but. I felt like anytime you get a shot to kill Bonasuva, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, for folks who are expecting to play with Sandeep or play against Sandeep, Bonasuva is a priority target. Yep. Uh, to use that phrase, because of his mantra, which is primordial something or other. Yeah. Basically, it's if you concentrate. Uh, within six of, um, and if you're an elemental and you concentrate mm-hmm. within six of that, the mantra procs, which lets you do your demise ability. So that's really good with Sandeep too, because for in, for instance, in this game, that would let me put down an ice pillar with the ice golem. Mm-hmm. I can put down any pillar or, or any, uh, like a pyre ice pillar or scrap marker with Bonasuva. I can put out staggered if you're within one inch of a marker with Sandeep because he's an elemental in this version. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Four Winds Golem, the Moneymaker, lets you place four inches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then Kendara's, she doesn't have a demise, so that doesn't matter. But that's that's the majority of them. It's just really good. Yeah, and with Sandeep's one with everything ability yep. on the front of his card, which we've referenced, but the ability to tell somebody to take a concentrate for a card. And then to concentrate yourself yep. as Bonasuva and then Lord of the Elements, a third person to concentrate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sheer amount of mantra procs that he enables is, it is wild. Uh, so I do get the assass- I get the cursed point on turn, on, on turn four. four. And that's also good because with that kill that gets me above half, um, and then I'm able to heal up again with, I think, Vanessa. Yeah. And essentially deny the assassinate point, the end of assassinate point. Yeah. And unfortunately, you're able to take out Taylor for your third strat or your, no. For my uh, my third VP, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, what ended up happening is Taylor was kind of, because she took some burning, so she was having her own problems. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think she was down to four hit points 
and mm-hmm. I went in with the wind golem because I had a high ram in my hand, mm-hmm. and I dunked her into a pyre, and I spiked on damage, so I ended up doing four. Um, yeah. So it brought her down to hard to kill, and then the collision trigger did one to kill her off. Yeah, that is such a good trigger. Um, and part of why the four winds golem is just bananas. And it got you a soul stone because she died. Yeah. Uh, and at this point, you start running pieces into my backfield to drop scheme markers yep. to get your breakthrough. Yeah, because you kind of gave up on... Well, plus I healed the, the ice golem up since the mm-hmm. little girl failed to kill him. Uh, yeah. You were just kind of like, whatever, ice golem. And I was like, yeah, I guess the ice golem can drop a scheme marker. And then the uh, soul stone dropped. And then I also, I think late game, I was going to put the four winds golem for the second turn of breakthrough. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I ended up um, being able to get my breakthrough points there. Yeah, so we end turn four and you've got three strat. You've got both revealed points. So you're at five and I'm sitting there at three. You're, yeah, you're at three. Um, no, I'm at two at this point because I haven't yet revealed assassinate. Yeah, because you. Oh, that's right. Because Sandeep just stayed up barely enough. So at this point, like, I know the game is not mine, and this is a point where you know, at casual nights, I know folks might say, you know, let's talk it out. Yeah. But I appreciate you were willing to play through the last round. Yep. And that actually caused, I think, some. Ch- I got more points than I think I would have expected to get if I had just talked it out. Yeah, because I think if you didn't kill... So you actually killed Sandeep turn five, so you did get the Mm -hmm. one VP there. But if you didn't kill him, I think I possibly could have killed your master to get the second point of assassinate. Yeah, and I had a curse token on Sandeep, so that was a double whammy for me. And then at that point, you had killed Vanessa for your fourth strat point because that, she had dude that was I was so happy with that move because I basically <laughs> I used the and let's talk about the the Shadar or the Shastar guard oh this quick. guy <laughs> so I I did not have the wind golem within range to if I kill because Vanessa was almost dead I think she had like mm-hmm. two hit points or something yeah uh but the wind golem wasn't within three and I wanted a soul stone just because I knew you were going to go after Sandy. Mm-hmm. So I I was like, cool, I'm going to go ahead and do uh, his bonus follow my path, which put the wind golem within three. So that way when I kill with the Shastar guard, I can mm-hmm. then go ahead and smash, smash. So I charged in. I end up um, uh, I end up killing Vanessa with the balanced sword. Right. Yeah, she was at hard to kill with her shielded and a whole mess of burning. Yep. So I was able to kill. Actually, I think turn five, she actually went down to one one hit mm-hmm. point because she took so much burning from turn four. Exactly, yeah. Because I actually killed you with one swing of the bound sword, got a soul stone, and then did my chakram into the Vix. Spike doing four damage, dropped to two, which was one away from killing her. I was hoping a red joker showed mm-hmm. up so I could like just smash her as well. Um, but And then I ricocheted to do four damage into uh, hodgepodge. the hodgepodge. It was mean, but I will say this: that does. This was the first game in recorded history where bulletproof plus two saved me a point. It did because <laughs> if if literally you didn't have that, she's dead, and then the game's just purely over at that point. Mm-hmm. But, but the Shestar Guard, I don't understand why people don't like this model. If you're playing Sandeep, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're playing 
any other keyword. This model is never going to come up out of keyword. But in keyword, yeah, it's eight, and you're going to staple magical training. So technically, it's a 10 soulstone model. Mm-hmm. But there is so many layers to this thing that just makes it in font of magic. And my point, my point of view, you're, it's an auto include. I don't even think about it. The guard's always in it because he's stat six across the board. So he's defense, willpower six. Mm-hmm. His bounce sword, sword is stat six. His chakram mm-hmm. stat six. Mm-hmm. And his mantra doesn't seem like a lot. But my lord, you get so much two-inch movement out of that mantra. It's ridiculous. As an opponent who's faced your Sandeep a few times now, like when you look at magical training bearers and arcanists, which let's face it, it arcanists tend to want to hire something to carry magical training. Yep. This one is has enough wounds, has hard to kill. Yep. And has shielded and with magical training counterspell. Shielded too. Shielded two, hard to kill, eight wounds, counterspell, defense and willpower six. Yeah. That kind of defensive profile means that your opponent can't just, oh, I'll go kill their magical training. Yeah, character. you're not accidentally going to kill the guard. And something that came up for us, you have Know the Warrior. Yeah. Know the Warrior is card cycling. It's better showboating. Yeah. Because it's every time you cheat opposed duels, you get to draw a card. So if you do happen to hit you know, in my case, I had to spend so many cards to not suffer shockwave duels yep. or my hand was just garbage that you could cheat threes and fours out of your hand to hit yeah. my models and then draw like better cards. Yeah, there is especially I think it was turn four and five specifically turn four. It was huge because mm-hmm. I had a hand that was like I had one twelve, but then mm-hmm. I had like a three, four and a five. And you didn't cheat. And I was like, cool, I'm going to cheat this three. I'm going to be at a double neg, but I get to draw a card. So mm-hmm. it just, it was really good. And I always keep a focus on him specifically for those situations mid-game. Yeah, and giving yourself a focus, you're still getting a two-inch push from your own mantra. Yep. So in this crew, him setting up Know the Warrior is not a problem. Um. Yeah, and with yeah, all I, the other pieces, he, like, I feel like people should target him, but the problem is there's so many other targets in Sandeep that mm-hmm. it's like, I understand the guard's good and it probably needs to be dealt with because it's giving me a card and it's pretty decent, mm-hmm. but you have so many other problems that people usually don't focus on him. Yeah, and that's actually a good, like, step away looking at the two crews as, so we ended the game 7-5 in your favor. Yeah. So kind of like holistically, your crew, every model in your crew could do a job and was a threat in some extent. Yeah. The closest to a non-threat was the Soulstone Miner. Yep. And it ran Disruption and scored you a breakthrough point. So it still did a job. Yep. Uh, for me, uh, for like you said, I played down eight stones because I had a Ronin off in a corner, scoring me two points. Yeah. But not in the scrum and I had a, a student of conflict who gave up a point and was only trying to play the, the buff game. Yeah. It's when you're building your crew, you really do need to be mindful of what roles and jobs you want your crew to do. Mm-hmm. And I think Sandeep does a really great job of having models that can do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And that's kind of looking at the crew because 
there is so much with the ability to do students of all where you discard a card to have an, an elemental do something that just allows so much like random concentrates, random walks, random attacks. Mm -hmm. And it really is a super flexible ability. Um, Sandeep himself is, I think the reason why I like him is because he's actually a pretty low intensive as far as card. Like he, he's not card hungry. Like his Mm -hmm. stuff is, Mm -hmm. Low stats to go off. I basically need a five or a four for the two main actions I want to do. I was thinking about doing from heaven and earth, but then I realized you have bulletproof. So I was like, okay, that's not worth doing in this game. Mm-hmm. But there was a sweet opportunity where I was like, oh, I'm going to do like five damage to the Vix. And I was like, oh, wait, no, that would only be three. <laughs> it would make the world around us a non-trigger. Yep. Uh, so... The thing that I just like about the crew is it's just very flexible. It 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 has a lot of pivot points that you can go to. Um, mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't respect the Shockwave game. So, Jim, I wanted to get your kind of thoughts of as the game kind of went. And I don't even think I leaned the heaviest I've ever done into my Shockwave game, but you still felt the pressure of it. I did. I think you consistently were hitting two models per Shockwave. Yeah. The thing about Shockwaves is we've you know people who've been playing the game for a while have known shockwaves are great in that they're usually a simple duel for you to force your opponent to flip a bunch of cards yep but they're bad for you because you can't force your opponent to fail normally the thing about aether control a it's a move 13 which means most models will need an eight to pass yeah I actually was fairly fortunate. A lot of my models that you were hitting, like when you hit the Vix, they only needed a seven. Yeah. But that's still a moderate card. Yeah, except for there were a couple times they were staggered, so they actually needed like a nine. Exactly. That's the other thing is your ability to hand out staggered major, your shockways functionally move 15. Yep. Once you start getting into target number 15 plus, those are real tests that you're asking your opponent to pass. Yeah. And maybe it's because I've played a few of the crews from um, the most recent book. Like, I've played a few games of Damien to figure him out. Yep. Um, but it, you can really feel the lack of card draw in crews like Mercenary. And I think Shockwaves really excel at crew, at going into crews that don't have the amount of card draw or card management. Yeah. Because of the abundance of simple duels. The other thing is that Aether Control can drop a 50 mil base and then Shockwave <laughs> 2 off of that. Yeah, it's good. Now, you and I have both played our fair share of... Well, have you played much Wong 1? Oh, more yeah. Of a oh, Wong. yeah. Lord, yes, yeah. I felt similar levels of pressure coming from Sandeep that I do when... That I perceive from my opponents when I play Wong 1. If that makes sense. Yeah, like, and it's and it's it's not even just the shockwave, and this is why I like Sandeep better than mm-hmm. Wong or some other shockwave crews because it's putting a pyre down. So a lot of times when you do that shockwave, now your model is sitting in that. So if you want to do actions, you're going to gain more burning. Mm-hmm. So even mm-hmm. if you passed it, 
you may still get burning from what you're doing. Same thing with the ice pillar. I like ice pillar, especially when I bring the, you know, ice golem, because now it's like, okay, you might get slow, but also my ice golem wants these. And then it's the mm-hmm. same thing with scrap markers where it's like, yeah, I can stun you. But also if I bring a metal golem or a metal gammon or Neil Henry, now I have another scrap to go ahead and lo- you know, relocate to another area of the board. It's such a versatile action, etheric control. Yep. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure when you slowed Vanessa or not Vanessa Taylor, it was with the shock. It was with the ice pillar you dropped to set up the the rams with your ice golem and that your golem did hit the ram trigger. And that's why you dropped Taylor from like full wounds down to almost hard to kill. Yeah. I think you're right there on that turn. And I don't know the, the persistent effects, especially from the pyre marker option Yeah, two damage burning two is it's basically three damage, Yeah, (laughs) but it's also once you take, two actions in that burning or you fail that duel twice then it's now it it adds up i think you were saying like if you fail the duel twice it's four damage and burning four which becomes two damage end of turn yeah that's punishing yeah and i like i had passive healing whenever the vix killed something i had healing from vanessa and healing from the hodgepodge passive and active yep and it was all I could do to keep ahead of the burning damage. Well, I, I feel like that was kind of part of the problem in our game for you is you weren't even healing the damage from my damage dealers. You were just trying to stay even with the fire damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of where we're going to get into like, what would I have done? What would we have done different in this matchup? Yeah. You know, you talked about maybe leaning into fire golem instead of ice golem. Yeah. And I think that the additional shockwave would have been real rude, but maybe less impactful than the ability to just put out more burning. Yeah. Um, And to reduce the damage from like my Ronin and stuff. And for me, you know, it's hard. Um, I see a world where I don't bring Taylor, but I don't like it. (laughs) You know, I think it's just that that was just, I misplayed her or you did a really good job of managing her or some combination thereof. Yeah. I think it was a little bit of both. And honestly, I didn't, most of my models, except for the ice golem, the wind golem and my, um, soul stone miner. Those were the only three models that crossed the midline. Mm -hmm. The core of my crew besides that did not cross the midline. Yeah. You, you were stuck dealing with this little triangle zone of, uh, terrain yeah. and bouncing between it as the Vix chased you being like, no, come back here. <laughs> yeah. I just imagine Sandy hovering in his elemental form and just seeing the Vix, you know, with all their blades slashing, just chasing after this elemental throne of Sandeep. Mm-hmm. The <laughs> Benny Hill music going on. In the yeah, background. pretty much. Um, yeah. So I, I think, I don't think Taylor was a bad idea because I think Taylor is actually a really good answer into a lot of my models. Mm-hmm. I just was vi- so I think it's one of those things though where I was very knowledgeable about what she does, mm-hmm. and she's a very good answer to my crew. So mm-hmm. that's why I purposefully is like I'm going to put pressure on her right now so it, she can't get into my more vulnerable pieces. Yeah, that's a good way to deal with a lot of big threats in the game these days. If 
if you have the tools for it. Yeah. You know, if when I was playing Neverborn for Nova, I got in a lot of reps with Pandora. And, you know, Pandora is another great keyword for managing a threat coming in. You know, if you, like, even someone like Taylor, actually, Taylor is really good into Pandora. That's a bad example. Because <laughs> um, Ruthless is another thing that yeah. wasn't terribly useful here, um, but is useful in a lot of contexts. Yeah. I was so I was actually worried that you were going to use either your student or um, Vanessa to I've got your back to move the Taylor model more on the middle of the board to then help engage everything else. So that was that was that the one point where I could do that was when I actually I think I did get her up there. Yeah, I think turn. Before you started For, getting her in the mix. And that's when you went with the golem and dunked her. Yeah. Um, oh, because I saw the danger zone, man. I was like, I was like, I need to hurt. I wasn't expecting to kill her that easy because mm-hmm. I thought it was going to take like two more actions to kill her. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I cannot let her. Like I was, if I let you up there, you were going to smash my soul stone miner. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I cannot let her near that miner. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the goal. And in fact, I yeah, re- recalling it now, I did have Vanessa, I've got your backer out of engagement, and I put her engaging, but not engaged by engaging the minor and the no. I was not engaging the minor. I was engaging the um, four winds golem. Yeah, and that is when you went with the soulstone miner and ran it <laughs> away. And I went, well, shoot, I should have placed it better, but that's, I was getting, yeah, I, that was just a misplay. I didn't place to engage. And then you went and dunked her. Yeah. And <laughs> that was before she activated, which is another thing you were able to kill. Mo- we both killed models before activation typically. Yeah. Which, you know, that's always a good idea. I think over the course of the game, I only ever had one or two pass tokens at most. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's not bad. You know, we, we played Elite Cruise, and it was well, Achilles' strat. And I, I, think you, I think when you play Cursed, you have to pace it out anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no benefit to killing three models in one turn usually. Uh, I think in Cursed, very often, you're just going to kill one model and then set up the kill for the next turn. So that's what I was constantly trying to do is, okay, I got mm-hmm. this model. Now let me start chipping away at my next target. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was chipping away at models, but they were not models that had cursed tokens. And that's another thing to remember is <laughs> know your priorities pre-game. And that's probably one of the biggest mistakes was where I put my curse tokens. Yeah. I think it because what I did Bandasuva, I did Sandeep, I did Ice Golem, I did Four Winds Golem and Shastar. Yep. I should have put a Shastars onto the Kandara, and I probably should have put. I think Kandara was a good move for you because mm-hmm. you have a built-in positive. So I feel like mm-hmm. it actually is pretty trivial for your master to kill um, kill Kandara. Yeah, and that would have been. On the turn I killed her, that would have been another strat point for me. Because I don't think there's a world where I really can prioritize killing the Shastar. Like you were saying, um, there's so many other threats in the Sandeep keyword in your crew. 
that I can't justify spending the resources to take out the Shastar. But the Shastar's a big enough threat that I can't ignore him either. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think as far as my list goes, I, I was okay with what my list was. I... I do obviously. I, I like bringing Cassandra into Kendara, instead of Kendara into most mm-hmm. cases. I think I only drew about four cards with Kendara, but I was able to put some staggered out, which was helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't do quite as much. I, I I would have definitely preferred to have Cassandra because that's another Breath of Fire to put onto the Vix, mm-hmm. um, which would be really good. Um, but she she was okay. I I probably thinking about it now would have preferred something else, maybe something to, the problem is I kind of, if I tech for the second version of the VIX Mm -hmm. and you bring the first version, then it's like, okay, that's kind of a wasted pick. So I I don't think you can tech just because you're scared of the hazardous terrain from the VIX and the combat maneuvers. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't know what I would have brought instead of Kendara. She was solid though. Yeah, and, and on the subject of combat maneuvers, I never actually got to use it this game. Yeah. Because the one time I thought to use it was to toss your golem behind your defensive line. Yeah. Or your offensive line. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, you're you're too big. And the reason I was bringing it is it has a built-in trigger that forces a defense duel or three damage to the model that gets tossed in every model in the line between them yeah and with your and that damage ignores armor and it is potentially forcing it's almost shockwave level like you get four or five models with that yeah but because of who i was going after that never ended up being a good use because your only real armor target was now in my side of the board yeah yeah, you but, know, honestly, I'm going to have to play with this. It, it might have been pretty good. I think maybe if I brought Neil Henry instead of Kendara, that might have been interesting. Neil Henry is so good. Yeah. That man. Okay, can we just talk about the fact that he's a stat 7 melee? <laughs> what do you mean? It's only stat 6. Isn't he? Hold on. <laughs> it's plus it's plus one if you're next to a scrap marker, which you'll probably be next so to. So he's a stat seven melee. <laughs> <laughs> um, two, four, five, which is just like your balanced sword. And I think I told you this when we played. Moderate four is a real good place for an yeah, attack to be. It's scary. Um, yeah, it feels bad when you hit min, but the odds of you hitting min every time versus the odds of you hitting moderate at least once every couple times well plus if you have your which sandeep can set up so i actually like him in sandeep because sandeep can help support him mm-hmm. but uh because he puts out so if i brought the metal golem mm-hmm. i'm more likely to bring neil henry mm-hmm. um but yeah giving out with the mass trigger giving out stunned and then also possibly plus one damage if they don't discard a card pretty good yeah, uh, attack that hand, and then, oh, they don't have a hand to cheat your shockwaves. Yeah. Oh, and he also does injured, because like, why wouldn't he be able to drop your stats? And he's another model with Flurry. Uh, I like mm-hmm. Kendara. I don't like her having Flurry because I never use it because her melee kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, Neil Henry has a, a scary melee. <laughs> he does. He does. And he is 
squishy. He only has that hard to wound to keep him up. Yeah, I think you bring Soulstone Cash if you bring him. I th- I think you're right. That does put him at 11 stones out of keyword, which is not... Not nothing. Not nothing. I think it's still worth it, though. Yeah, I think if I'm playing... If I, if I wasn't playing against the Vix, I would be more tempted to bring him if they banned Performer. Mm-hmm. Um, just because he's just another just disgusting threat that might chew you up. Yeah, and if I bring the original Vix, he can just one round a Vic. Yeah. <laughs> easily. Um, a Vic could one round him, but I mean, that's the world you live in when you have hard to wound. And with Soul Stones, he can't actually be one rounded, you know? Yeah. So that's actually a really good call out. Um, yeah, so that that's the only, I think instead of bringing Kendara, once I see you band, band performer, Maybe I switch to the Metal Golem list that I have and bring Neil Henry instead of Gandara. I think there's a world I take a Frycore Draken Trooper out of keyword. Yeah. To try and deal with your shockwave, your your markers. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I think I, keep... it, I think if Lodum Up was in the pool, that's better. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this. I don't know how much the Draken Trooper really matters there. Does he do anything else for the Vix? Not really. The thing is, it's this crew is so fast that ideally, if I'm doing it right, there isn't a place you can put a bunch of markers and just hit all of my dudes. Yeah. And so I was kind of going with the with the plan of if you do shockwave the Vix, they diving charge out and then they don't care as much. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, yeah, she has a bad time, but you have to get to burning, I want to say, seven before she starts taking more than one damage with her yeah. arcane shield. And everyone else is moving around, so they're not going to sit in your zone. And yeah. again, uh, this is all th- the theory behind it. In practice, I still don't know that I would have necessarily needed marker removal because it would have just been slow. I think they're only like move four. Yeah. Let me see. No, they're move five now. Okay. But all they have is a flamethrower, which is a damage that does uh, two, three, four, and burning plus two when half your crew ignores burning damage. <laughs> so I know I know you aren't maybe thinking about this for Sandeep because Sandeep can make... Uh, make these pieces sad but have you thought about either rusty alice or mad dog with this vic uh master i've thought about them again against arcanist specifically i i hate having to be on negatives to shoot with mad dog oh yeah for sure and if i'm doing rusty and i'm bringing a scavenger at that point i think it's better to just have declared amalgam in the first place Mm -hmm. because you can Multiple scavengers can push Rusty up the board, giving her focus. You can do the same thing with a Levy, and you get to do the um, the tools for the job trick as yeah. well. And that really can ameliorate the bad hands you might draw. All together, that plus Servant of Dark Powers, I don't see at that point where if I want to go with Rusty... I think you lose out a lot of that when you just bring her out of keyword. Yeah. And what you're getting is a turret that sits there. And turrets are fine, but a turret that's in a pyre marker that wants to take multiple shots 
and has a movement of four to try and get out of said pyre. Yeah. I haven't put enough reps in with it to really get a feel for when it's a better pick. What about Barbaros? Well, he is the true Nephilim leader. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, because I've played the Vix, um, Vix 2 with Barbaros, and I mean, in certain matchups, that can be pretty good. I do like the idea of him using Black Blood to kind of penalize you for punching him in melee. Yeah. What I don't like is... Actually, you know what? Not much. I think I need to put that on the table and give it a try with them. Yeah, because he's a versatile, so that doesn't mm-hmm. matter in Outcast. Um, bring it's really good if you can manage it. Uh, if somebody... Because I've done that before. I I, mm-hmm. I think Barbaro's players forget bring it's a thing. Because I did it to Dixon one time. He's like, that was actually really good in that spot because you can really draw something out of the group. Mm-hmm. And then you can start smashing on it with your possibly, I mean, you can get crit strikes. I mean, you can get min four pretty easy. Mm-hmm. And shove aside's not nothing. Yeah. Um, that actually can make you effectively three, five, six with uh, the bladed aura on the vix by pushing them through it and i think it actually would have been decent in our matchup just because you could slingshot him into my because i'm going to be in a bubble i'm playing sand deep mm-hmm. and he's just you know attacking stuff shoving it aside attacking another thing okay now i'm gonna i basically then would have to waste my movement tricks to get away from his black blood crap mm-hmm. so that's something else to think about that you know especially if somebody's going to bubble up against what you're doing with the Vix, Barbaros, like your like the Vix themselves, Barbaro is a great because you would have two pieces at that time that are just like I mm-hmm. have to try and get away from both these pieces. That's a good call, and comparable costed to Taylor, so it's I'm not yeah. really changing up much. Okay. Yeah, so you could either switch it out for Taylor or just terrorize, and why not both? <laughs> uh, you know, you, you're right. Go more elite. More um, elite, Jim. Six models into curse. What it's like could that, go it's wrong? like that Kylo Ren, you know, me. More. 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 <laughs> but uh, all that to say, I had a it was a really fun time. And I do want to point out, as you know, I've talked about card draw bef- over the course of this. Neither of us had, like, gratuitous amounts of card draw. We both had hands that got pretty low over the yeah. course of the game. And there was a lot of heart-of-the-cards moments. Oh, yeah. And that was really fun. Yeah. You know, I don't know, editorializing here. Uh, people may have more fun with the game if they let the heart-of-the-cards decide things more. Yeah, and it is it is one of those things where... I did have some, I think I drew four cards throughout the first three turns with Kendara. So it wasn't like a ridiculous amount. Um, And then you killed her turn four. No, you killed her turn three. She just didn't have a thing on her. Um, But even then, I think I had, the reason I had the advantage though is because Sandeep innately, one, I I have more AP, right? Because I can discard Mm -hmm. to do that. And then two, a lot of my actions just require you flipping cards and I just have to meet low TNs. Mm-hmm. So there re- there really are, like, you don't need a ton of card draw. Even you had some card draw in cycling that you got throughout the game. Um, mostly cycling, mm-hmm. I think. What's that one trigger? The blood or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, bloody fate. Yeah. So that's a, 
that's just it. The game doesn't need it, but I think the crews that can either through sheer number of actions or just low TNs, you can still play very well with those crews, even if they don't draw a lot of cards. And the Vix definitely are that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you, you had a lot of attacks, just, and unfortunately, you just didn't quite hit <laughs> enough. Especially that poor little student trying to stab the huge ice golem. It was what a what a picture. It was so funny because the, uh, I think I, you. Heard I thought the, the ice golem was dead too. I thought activation. for sure that ice golem oh, yeah. was dead. I was like, well, like at I least I get that. an ice pillar. I go into him with like a two, a three, and a six in my hand. <laughs> I cheat the the six because it was a tome. Yeah. Get a, a week on the damage, and I bloody fate into a, a four. <laughs> I cheat again, into or I flip a tome. I hit. I do another week. You live, and then I draw an eleven. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah, like, oh, come on. Like, damn your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently she just she finally studied enough. The problem is she got smashed right after that. Yeah, yeah. But I just imagine your student with like an ice pick mm -hmm. and then the golem just turning Mm -hmm. around just ice smash. Yeah, like a like I'll get you and it's like the ankle. It's like the ankle stabber. (laughs) Yeah, I mean looking at the game overall though, I think I will say I was not I was expecting you to throw something else into my crew not your master but it actually mm-hmm. it was pretty effective. I had to it put me on the back foot for like the first half of the game. Like instead mm-hmm. of doing my thing, I now had your master to kind of I had to play around. And on the whole, um this was a good game and I do want to shout out to Doug for the pool. Yeah. Because I think the pool forced some decisions, like we were talking about at the start. Yep. And I'm really looking forward to playing out these other pools. Having looked at the pack yourself, uh, what kind of thoughts do you have on the pools? And what is, are they like, I'm getting away from our game and kind of talking about yeah, the... Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I think, I think that's a good transition. Yeah, I mean, so like, the pools in general... Like, I think Doug had hate in his heart while he was making them Uh, (laughs) because (laughs) because some of them I'm like, even even this carve a path pool. Right. So even I look at round three with carve a path, I'm like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. It's carve a path. It's corner. I can do a lot of scheming and ha ha. ha." It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you got to worry about vendetta in your face into corner. So if you bring a super squishy Mm -hmm. like scheming crew, you also could just get smashed. (laughs) Mm hmm. Uh, the other pools, I think having guard the stash twice is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. and I think the deployments in each of these are actually pretty interesting. Like guard the stash and with wedge, that just seems like that would get very angry, very quick. It does. The fact that we have two cursed and two guard definitely. Like you want to bring your, you want to bring like your tanky an- boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, the one corner pool is Carve a Path. Is that the only corner? Actually, no. Th- no, there's two corner pools, but the one Carve a Path is corner. Is corner, yeah. You, so it's kind of funny, right? Because you, I think that Carve a Path pool is going to be very, it's going to be very good for obviously fast crews, but you also have to mm-hmm. have enough action AP efficiency to score obviously the strat. But even if you don't, mm-hmm. 
you still have to find points either for spread them out or you have to bring part of your crew that can straight up kill something. Yeah, that's that is a huge action. So you have to move, interact, kill possibly or put ski markers out. So you have to bring a super efficient crew into that pool for sure. And that's game three. So that's the last game of the day. So everyone's going to be playing it half frazzled. Yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, I already I. So I I have either a Sandeep list for that that just is lights out or I have mm-hmm. a Colette list that is just insane. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like I don't know which way I'm going to go with it, but I could – this that carve a path pool for round three screams Sandeep to me, man. Like I, Sandeep I is so know. fast, yeah. it's ridiculous. An abundance of two-inch pushes plus multiple models with leap in keyword – I don't, I don't see it, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and out of activation, you know, hey, instead of concentrating, go ahead and chuck that marker. Yeah, that seems pretty darn good. Also, so no, I'm, I do want to put out mm-hmm. kind of like a little PSA here for people playing against Arcanist, not just in this tournament, but in general, specifically for Carver Path, but also for other schemey pools. You really have to watch out if you're playing against Arcanist for J5 and the two gearlings because Mm -hmm. you could run carve a path with just J5 and the two gearlings and just play whatever other game you want if you're playing Arcanist. Mm -hmm. So I think people really need to be aware of that if you're playing against Arcanist. I, I just want to say ever since the errata, I have heard very little talk about Watchmen and I do think that's a bit of a mistake because yeah, you've you've told me some of the things you've seen with them. Oh, I play I played it, man. I, I it it's me, like you know the meme. It's of course I know him. It's me. I've been playing them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like that. I'm really happy with where Weird ended on that yeah. errata for Watchmen. That they're still very good hires. They're just not insane like they were before yeah and i'm actually not i'm not big on harrison but mm -hmm. the other three i am i'm honestly the the big thing for me looking at the at the carve pool or yeah the carve pool is similarly uh cattle and riflemen make anyone in outcast able to play that strat have you tried them yet i just finished painting them the other day so i haven't put them on the table you're gonna get some table time with them for sure yeah, I've got, like, my thoughts for, for round three normally would be zip. I have to f- see if I can actually transport my Skeeters without them being destroyed. Mm-hmm. If not, I actually have a Parker 1 build that I'm eyeing for that. Nice. Because the ability to um, get free interacts by shooting people. Yeah. And having the ability to shoot through the carve markers at straight flips because of his built-in plus. That seem, seems like a thing that might happen. And especially after the game we played a while back where you kidnapped my markers, I really want to try <laughs> uh, using that to just yoink your uh, someone's carve markers out of, out of the contention. Yeah, and I'm looking at guard the stash uh, specifically for uh, the foe down, so that's round four and I think round one. So mm-hmm. it's guard the stash, but I'm looking real quick. So round one, it's not as killy, so that one, you I mean, you don't necessarily score VPs if you kill stuff. 
But mm-hmm. guard the stash for round four is very much, you know, you, you can go kill stuff if you want. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of wondering, like, as an outcast player, are you thinking anything specific for guard the stash? I mean, I know Von Schill is always a good, but actually I like Parker too in the guard the stash as well. Um, I, I can see Parker. I can see Schill. I can see Hamlin. In in these, so let me let me ask you: Have you listened to the new Hamlin episode? I have listened to the Hamlin episode. All is that five what got you Jones into play it? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. The I I definitely was team bleeding disease going into the episode. Nice, nice. And upon hearing about the need to try pustulant tumors, I'm going to oh. give that a try. Um, yep. I really rate the fact that the stolen are just incredible minions and incredible totems. Oh, they are for sure. Um, but in guard, the stash specifically, because you need, if you control that center of the board, you've got two V two strap points to yourself. And yep. he really does. Like, folks should just go listen to your, your episode on it. It was really well done. Uh, Liam yeah, knows his stuff. Was, it, I would say Liam has a ton of reps into it, and a lot of people love the idea of Hamlin. And I think Liam did a good job Mm -hmm. to explain, like, hey, here's how you can actually play it and do well with it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I will say, though, looking at these guard the stash pools, it's I think it's actually pretty slick because I think you there's a world that you could obviously build your traditional I'm going to stand here and fight kind of thing. But there's Mm -hmm. enough schemes in those guard the stash pools to, like, spread them out, set the trap load them up uh and the other mm-hmm. one you have sabotage catch and release secret meetup leave your mark i think i think round one you're going to see more i want to stand in the middle but i actually think the guard the stash for round four you actually could skirt a little bit around your opponent if you wanted to you could for round one i'm actually really liking that as a terror pool uh specifically terror yeah, two ah uh, just Oh man, no. how many Hear games me do you out. have into that? Well, no, no, not no. So enough. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not against <laughs> it, but I think you need some serious reps because I put in about ten or twelve games into Terra Two, and mm-hmm. it's good. Like I like it a lot, but it's not super durable. <laughs> so you got to be no. very, very uh, cautious. You do have to be cautious, but because this is kind of a more schemey build. Yeah. For it. That's kind of why I'm eyeing it because the idea has always appealed to me of doing end of like late turn rewind people off of strat markers. Yep. And catch and release is just such a good scheme for Terra because you just hire a wretch and you just Oh yeah. You know, do the bury unbury thing. Yep. Yep. Money. Um, and s- secret meetup as a scheme in a pool with a strategy marker that has terrain traits mm-hmm. feels still very easy when you can just relocate models around the board but i agree tara timeless i you need a lot of reps with her and i'm still in the can i get enough reps before texas stage yeah because i even played you with Terra mm-hmm. timeless once and I think you saw that there's some cool tricks, mm-hmm. but it definitely that you got to know what you're doing. Cause if you, if you end up rewinding at the wrong moment or the wrong mm-hmm. model that isn't where it's supposed to be, 
It really costs it you. It does. And that's, I, I appreciate that about outcasts. I feel like they have a lot of depth and a lot of flexibility as a faction. Yeah. But there's still places where you have to know what to do. It's not autopilot. Yeah. yeah is, uh, are you looking to do Iron Scorpius or are you just dropping what you feel? <sighs> What day is it? You know, ask me tomorrow. I'll have a different answer. <laughs> I really don't think Scorpius is something I should do if I'm intending to, like, want to do my best. Just because yeah. that's a lot of rules to keep in your head. Um, I'm probably taking three different crews. It's just ironing out which of those three are going to, which what those three are going to be. Yeah, I, I did it last year, and... I dropped Somer 2 as one of my mm-hmm. picks, and I got a draw out of it, so... That's better than <laughs> I have. I just... And I know that they've been teasing stuff on the weird uh, website. I don't know what that all means, but I am... After the most recent one with that, that gremlin that's got, like, robot hats and yeah. stuff, I'm feeling pretty... I'm hopeful that things will be different because, you know... That's such a flavorful keyword. Yeah, people love that keyword for sure. But I am not going to be doing Iron Scorpius. I am bringing four keywords, best drop win. That's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I I literally am just bringing Damien, Colette, uh, Hoffman, and Sandeep. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. hey, whatever the matchup seems to favor, that's the one we're bringing. So if I drop Sandeep all six rounds, that's what what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am... I'm like 90% sure that it's going to be some combination of Vix, Parker, and then someone else. It's just who that someone yeah. else is going to be. Um, I don't know. How many reps do you have with uh, Von Schill? A couple. It's The thing is that his play style has always, I have struggled with. Gotcha. And I don't know if that was just, I wasn't in the mindset for it because I was trying to do the Yannick engine and... Ah no, and man! You gotta. That's not the. That's not the way. Enforce that. So, I. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be giving him a go as well. But um, I don't know. Parker yeah. and the Vicks just kind of play that mobile cagey style I like to play. Um, yeah. And Zip would come, but again, Skeeters will not travel well. Yeah, I find the the Skeeter with the dive bombing pose. Mm-hmm. And then not the one with the legs sprawled out. That one always stays mm-hmm. home. So the other two I try to bring. Because yeah. the other one, it's just him kind of riding straight up. So the problem is the wings are tall on that one. Yeah, it's, it's it's the footprint in the, in the case. I was yeah. a, a, a quick aside. I, I tried making the one of those like homemade magnetic cases that every hobbyist makes at some point. Sure. And I did. And I was like, oh, man, this is great. This will solve my transport problems. And then I realized I probably won't fit under it as like a personal item on an airplane. <laughs> I was like, well. <laughs> Crap. Um, yeah. So anyway. Definitely excited, man. I mean, I think that people are start. hopefully people are starting to get more reps with these pools mm-hmm. to prepare for Texas. Uh, I know there's a bunch of locals and people, though, that don't really do the reps. So they just got to play and. Like, yeah, I guess I'll try this. So I, I love the fact that it's not just a hyper-competitive tournament, that there's a good mix of different levels of players. Yeah, and isn't there a henchman hardcore 
event on like the Friday. Yes, but I will not be playing. But, that. Yeah, but I mean, they have the henchman hardcore for folks who like that. And they also have, I think, um, the brawl format. Yeah, the Bonanza, Bonanza brawl, which I played for the first time at Nova. That's a really fun, wacky time. And so they've really set, Doug's really set this up to be not just a good place to test your competitive chops, but to really have fun with the game and not be surrounded by a bajillion other people. Yeah, and I know that the Bonanza Brawl is on Saturday, Mm -hmm. and they're going to do that in the bar section so we can do karaoke while people are playing Bonanza Brawl. I apologize to everyone in advance for my singing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try to do some Johnny Cash while I'm there. Excellent. Um, Well, I mean, anything else you want to share about about Outcast, the Houston Fodown, anything else there, Jim, before we roll up on it? Just make sure, folks, if you haven't... uh, subscribe and listen to the other coast uh, it's a podcast that i am occasionally on not not as often as i should <laughs> uh, but they're based out of la and have a some jeff and colgan have some really awesome takes on a lot of different topics and um i actually I, I laugh about that because when you're on the other coast i'm like oh cool jim's on there but it seems like a lot of times you're actually on other podcasts <laughs> that so part of that is the way the time zones work is that when we can record, I either it's either like as early as 10 PM for me and I get up early for work. So I kind of like have to be ready for it. And um, the other thing is the folks East coast, there's so many East coast pods that it's just, it's a time zone thing is where it ends up. being. I have that sweet, sweet spot of central time right Mm -hmm. now. I love central time, dude. It's, it's the best. All my sports crap get done at like a decent time. And all my East Coast friends, I can be like, yep, I'm going to start a little earlier, you know. Mm-hmm. So it ends up working out superbly. How's your time zone with Dixon's? He's on He's on East Coast, except for during daylight savings time. He's an hour ahead because Puerto Rico doesn't do daylight savings time. So kind of like Arizona? Yeah. <laughs> Except for, except for they're closer to the equator, so it actually makes sense. <laughs> Arizona just likes to do what they want, apparently. apparently. Well, hey, thanks for having me on, man. Thank you for the game. It was a great, it, it was, was fun. fun, and it was good to get some practice uh, with these pools. Yep, and I, I hope everybody does the same. I know I'm going to be playing these pools out for the uh, remaining two weeks. And until next time, make sure that you guys are flipping cards, flipping tables. See y'all later.